once again welcome and for anyone that's uh, come in since uh, the beginning of the service my name is Pastor Jeff I'm excited to be uh, offering the message to you today we're going to be in Luke chapter 17 so if you want to open your Bible up to Luke chapter 17 verses 11 to 19 I also want to invite you to take out the notes for this morning you can follow along in those that'll help you in case I meander hardly ever do that. Well, I, I was thinking about this message, gratitude, and it truly is a virtue and a value uh, that I, I think most of us would say when we're in those moments of gratitude, we, we just feel more well. It, it feels like things are clicking a little bit better than it does when we're anxious or, or worried or maybe upset and angry and frustrated over things that aren't coming together the way that we would wish them to or, or things that we don't have that we wish we had. And I, as I thought about that, I was, I was thinking, you know, it's interesting how moments of gratitude come because they, they truly do, for me at least, come in moments. And I I would say Julie and I have experienced those moments a lot this fall because maybe it's the newness of, of being in Illinois, but wow, the fall colors. Driving down 30 on the way home in the evening and just seeing the, the trees pop red and yellow and orange. I've had a lot of those just moments of worship and and thanksgiving saying god wow your creation is so amazing not that i didn't have those in arizona you've probably heard of some of our famous arizona sunsets but let me tell you illinois sunsets are not bad either not bad at all when we first got here we were invited out to lake michigan with the youth group and we went and for just a moment there i had a thought that i was in the caribbean it was so beautiful, white sand, the sun was setting, you could see Chicago way off in the distance, and then someone shook me out of my reverie and reminded me that I'm in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> it was still beautiful. God's so gracious that he gives us these moments where we can just worship, maybe set that worry aside for a moment and just say, God, you are so amazing. You probably experience that as I do on Sunday mornings when, when you're singing one of the songs along with our amazing band and, and singers. Just incredible how often my mind and my heart turn, turns toward a moment of worship as the words remind me of all the great things God has done for me at the cross, the empty tomb. I'm no longer a slave as we just sang this morning. Moments of thanksgiving. As I was thinking about that, you know how you get these emails every now and then? I, I subscribe to one that's about good news, just because you know how it is with the news. You, you constantly get barraged with the bad news. If it bleeds, it leads. So I purposely subscribe to one that only delivers good news into my inbox. And I was reading a story uh, that was sent to me this past week, and it was a story about uh, told by a young man who mentioned that he likes to spend a lot of time outside in his front yard and uh, it might be working on his truck engine or mowing the lawn 
on or just hanging out on the front porch, whatever it might be. But for years now, a decade, there's been a couple that walked past his front yard every day wearing matching windbreakers. You can picture this older couple and their white New Balance tennis shoes and they're strolling past every morning and every evening together. And he thought to himself, he had these moments of Thanksgiving watching them because oh, they're just such a beautiful couple and clearly had been together and in love for a long time. Sometimes when he was out in the front yard, he'd be pumping some tunes. And he, he remembers that when they'd get in front of his house and hear the music, they would do a little dance in the street together and he would twirl her and spin her. Um, he always remembered too how when his dogs ran out to greet them in the street, they would stop and pause and wave and say hi and, and pet his dogs. And this has gone on for years and years until recently. One, one day he was out in his front yard and only the wife came strolling by. And he called out to her. He said, from his porch, he said, where's your better half today? And he could tell that immediately her face fell. And she said, he's no longer with me. He had passed away. Well, that couple had given him so many moments of thanksgiving and joy and worship even over the years that he immediately ran out to her and just gave her a big embrace, a big hug and said, I'm so sorry for, for your loss. Um, you know, can I pray for you? Is there anything I can do to help? And she said, you've already helped. Just coming out and putting your arms around me and giving me this big hug. It's more than you could have ever imagined meaningful for me today that you did that. He gave her a little moment of thanksgiving in the midst of her tragedy. Well, Jesus is going to experience something like that today in what we're going to read from Luke chapter 17, that, that, that not only can... God's creation and nature give us moments of thanksgiving and gratitude, but, but we can be people who give moments of thanksgiving, like that young man running out into the street to, to embrace this widow, to say, I'm so sorry for what's happened. We care about you. What can we do to help? Did you know you can do things like that? Not just tree colors and sunsets and beautiful beaches, but you can be the person who gives someone just a moment of thanksgiving and gratitude, a moment of worship. And you don't even have to be in the band to do that. You can do that every day, Monday through Sunday. And we're going to talk about that this morning because that's actually what happens here in Luke chapter 17. I'm going to read it now. And you can think about it in terms of having a moment of thanksgiving. First, there's a gentleman with leprosy, and he has a major moment of thanksgiving because Jesus heals him. But then he comes back to Jesus. And while it might appear that Jesus is a little disappointed because he's healed, nine, he's healed ten men of their leprosy, only one returns. And Jesus does 
he, he expresses a little concern about that. But you know, don't you, Jesus being Jesus, that Jesus also had a moment of gratitude for this one man who came back to thank him. So let's read it, Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. This is, in fact, Jesus' last journey to Jerusalem. He's going to be arrested and tried and crucified. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So when you, when you read this story, there are a couple of things we're going to connect today that as followers of Jesus Christ, we're not going to experience the fullness of gratitude, the fullness of this virtue, unless we have the elements that help us put together thanksgiving and gratitude. And the first and maybe most important of those key elements of gratitude is faith. It's very difficult for people of faith to experience gratitude without faith. And so I want to talk first this morning just about how Christian faith is different from worldly faith. And I think there's a major difference in it. Any of you here happen to know what the nickname for Missouri is? Show me state. I don't think that it's only Missourians who think this way. I think a lot of us, many of us think, if you show me, I will believe. There's actually a, a pretty famous story about how Missouri got to be the show me state and had to do, you won't be surprised at this, with politics. And there was a certain gentleman who was uh, a politician and he was giving a speech and he said right out in his speech, look, this is Missouri, we're common folk, we grow corn and cotton and cockleburs here. And we're all people who are very practical, common sense people if you want me to believe what you just said, you're going to have to show me. And they said that, that that story about this famous Missouri politician actually stuck to the point that it became the Missouri nickname. Honestly, when I heard that story, I thought of myself, I'm, I'm that way. Are you not that way a little bit? Like, if you want me to believe you, show me some evidence But it's interesting that in the Bible, so often when Jesus talks about faith, it's not, I'm going to show you, and then 
I think you'll believe. Although Jesus does give us a lot of evidence about who he is, the Son of God and our Savior. I'm not saying that he never takes it in that order, but often he's more challenging that. He says, believe, and then I'll show you. And isn't that kind of what's happening here? Did you, did you notice? Go ahead and put those first verses back up there. Go show yourselves to the priests. And then the key phrase here is, and as they went, they were healed. They, they, they weren't told by Jesus, wait here for a moment, I'll heal you. Then go to the priests. They were told, believe me when I say, on the way you'll be healed. And they had to start going in faith and somewhere on that journey however long it was they looked at themselves and realized this very contagious very horrible disease do you know much about leprosy leprosy kills your nerve endings and most of the damage that's done by leprosy is because your nerve endings can no longer feel if you put your hand on the stove you won't feel it. What happens if you put your hand on a hot stove and you don't feel it? I know this is kind of a, a hard thing to think about. Your hand's going to get really, really burned because there's no pain to cause you to lift your hand back up. Often people with leprosy back in Jesus' day would get an infection in their feet, in their toes. They wouldn't notice the infection because there was no pain associated with the infection. And they would lose toes and parts of their limbs because of this, because of no pain. So next time you think about pain, maybe even think, wow, pain itself even. As much as none of us likes pain, pain can be a blessing because it signals to us to, to do something differently. So here are these men with leprosy, and on the way, all of a sudden, they look at themselves, and they're healed. They're perfectly clean. They had to go, and then they were healed. Think about in the Old Testament. I don't know if any of you are comfortable or aware of the story of when the Israelites crossed for the first time into Israel after 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And I don't know if you remember this detail, but Joshua told the priests to pick up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the million-plus people of Israel in through the Jordan River, which was at flood stage at this point. Now, I want to I ask you to put yourself in the, in the shoes of the lead two priests carrying this heavy box that's filled with the, the stones, right, that, that has the commandments on it, the two tablets of stone and several other things. It's a heavy box. It's on poles. And you're the front priests. And the Jordan River is at flood stage. Any of you ever watched a river while it was flooding? And Joshua commands you, Put your feet in the water with this box on your back, and God will stop the water. Here I am. I'm the priest, right? And that first step into that flood water is a doozy, for real. That's God doing this very same thing that he did to these guys with leprosy. He's saying, believe and I will show you. And in fact, he did. As soon as those priests stepped into that flooding water, guess what happened? Boom. 
it backed up and built a wall, and they walked through on dry ground, as they had in the Red Sea. It, it happens again and again in the Bible. Let me show you another time very quickly from John chapter 11. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? That's Jesus talking to Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, who has died. And Jesus is saying, if you believe, you're going to see something pretty glorious. And in fact, not very long after that, probably only minutes, maybe an hour or two later, they're standing at Lazarus' grave. And Mary and Martha are saying, Jesus, don't roll away that stone. He's been dead for a while now. He's, gonna, he's not going to smell great. His body's not going to smell great. Jesus has the stone rolled away and Lazarus is alive. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So here's what I want you to write first. Because I believe this is God's challenge to us even today. is Jesus' encouragement to us. Jesus calls us to believe differently from the world. Not show me and I will believe, but believe and I will show you. Jesus calls us to believe his promises. Then he will show us. Now, Christian faith is different from worldly faith. We just illustrated that. But what that means, because faith is such a, a major component of our gratitude as followers of Jesus Christ is that our gratitude is going to look differently and be different as well from the gratitude that the world displays. Have you ever thought about that? That because you are a dearly loved child of God, you're not grateful in the same way that someone who doesn't have Christ in their life is grateful. Now, there are obvious things, right? People who are not Christ followers will probably not know that Jesus has died for their sins. They may not know that Jesus rose from the dead and that that victory has now become their victory. They may not have all these amazing, major spiritual blessings in mind. So that alone makes our gratitude because we do know, and that's why we come here every Sunday to praise God and to worship Him, is to say, God, you are great because I have been set free from my sins. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Jesus has led me out of that slavery. He has crossed me into the promised land, so to speak, of waking up every day in God's grace, experiencing God's mercies new because of the blood of Jesus Christ, the cross and the empty tomb. So yes, in that way alone, Christian gratitude is different, but there's a whole nother thing about Christian gratitude that makes it different. Take, take a look at verses 15 and 16. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Pay particular attention to what this Samaritan man did. And, and, and ask yourself, why didn't the other nine also come back? What was different about this Samaritan man? Now, again, some obvious things. He was Samaritan. The other 
nine were probably Jewish. This is along that border zone between Galilee and Samaria. I'm sure their misery has brought them together, this one Samaritan man and these Jews who also have leprosy. And so there, there was this difference that I think the Samaritan immediately recognized. This is truly an act of grace because I know what Jews think about Samaritans. And Jesus is a Jewish man and, and he's blessed me and healed me from my, from my leprosy. He, a Samaritan would have seen this as an act of grace like no other. Undeserved, unmerited. And this man clearly does. But there's something still more. He, he comes and he falls down in front of Jesus. I, I picture him like almost, you know, putting Jesus in a tackle motion around his legs. Hopefully Jesus didn't fall over from that. But just so grateful. Do you see where his focus is? His focus quickly shifts from the gift to the giver. That's the difference between Christian gratitude and worldly gratitude. When I'm grateful in a worldly way, which, trust me, I'm up there with the best of worldly gratitude, I can be. You know where my focus is? I'm grateful for the gift. I'm grateful for the thing the possession, the healing. I'm grateful for what has been created and then presented to me. I don't always, when I'm in worldly gratitude mode, shift my attention as this Samaritan man did from the created thing to the creator of the created thing, to the healer rather than the healing. That's what makes Christian gratitude. That's what makes Christian thanksgiving different. When we come together, it looks the same in a lot of ways. We pick out. There's turkey, and there's, there's stuffing, and there's gravy, and there's vegetables, and there's cranberry sauce. And am I grateful for all of that? You better betcha I am. But at our house, and I'm sure at your house too, there's a moment when our attention focus shifts from all of that. Maybe even our attention focuses from the family that's around us. This year, for the first time in many, many, many years, we're going to go up to Appleton and spend some time with our oldest daughter and five grandkids, and I know we will be grateful for the family that's around us. But there will be a moment when our attention will shift from the family and the food to the one who gave us family and the one who gave us the food. From the created things to the creator, from the gift to the giver. This Thanksgiving when you celebrate, can I just encourage you in that? To be very cognizant of that, that sometime today, let's just make sure that we take some time to pray. 
to, to focus our attention away from the gifts to the giver of the gifts, to the Savior and the God who has blessed us in so many different ways, because that's how our gratitude differs. Take a look at uh, the next fill-in. Our gratitude, just like this Samaritan man's, is driven by God's grace and healing. Its focus is Jesus its result is praise for God. And we see this throughout the, the Bible. Paul the Apostle, in, in the book of 2 Corinthians, watch him as he basically says the same thing. Our gratitude is driven by God's grace. It's, 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 it's driven by the giver rather than the gift. His healing, his healing. Its focus is Jesus. Its result is praise for God. All this is for your benefit, Paul writes to the Corinthians. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of the giver, God. Christian gratitude is different from worldly gratitude. Now here's the final point. All of this, when you think about faith, when you think of this virtue of gratitude, connect that back to your faith because that really is the fuel. Faith really is the fuel of our gratitude as Christ followers. We, we see this in Jesus' comments when, when only the one Samaritan leper comes back. Look at verse 17. It's, it says this. It recounts this. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This last summer, I was um, driving down a, a pretty major road, equivalent about to, to 30, but in Phoenix. And um, I was driving the same truck you see parked out in the parking lots, a 2017 GMC truck, not very old. I bought it used. Um, and I had had the previous GMC truck, the same make and model. And it lasted me for, I think, a dozen years, had over 200,000 miles on it. And I'm driving down this major road, and it's busy. And all of a sudden, this truck that I had never had any other problems with <laughs> began to sputter and die. And I'm, I'm looking around. Part of me is thinking, how can I get off the road, not get run over? Part of me is thinking, really? 2017, this truck isn't, it's not that old. Why is it dying on me in the middle of this road? And I was, I was kind of upset with how things were going. And I did manage to squeeze in and turn into a parking lot for a barber shop. And I managed to just get into a parking spot without having to, to push the truck. And had a moment just to, to look down and look at all the lights and gauges and stuff before I got out to, to lift the hood on the truck. So I would at least look like I know what I'm doing with the truck. I mean, I don't. But if you lift the hood, you kind of look like you're mechanical, right? And I looked down at the fuel gauge. And it was doing this funny thing. It was like way over to the left, below the empty line. And I said, oh, I 
think I just found out my problem. Maybe it's not the truck after all. Maybe it's the driver of the truck. And, of course, it was a very humbling moment. I haven't run out of gas in a long time. That's not something I commonly do, but I pushed it too far that day. The point of the story is that without fuel, you're going nowhere. I, I don't care what condition, how healthy the engine is, how young the truck is. Without fuel, you're not going anywhere, and it's the same for us. With gratitude, we're going nowhere unless it's fueled by our faith in Jesus Christ. He is the one that we look to to bless us, and he does. He is the one that we look to grace us. And you get the tie between those two words, don't you? Grace and gratitude, they're the same root. We're grateful because we enjoy the grace of God in Jesus Christ. We enjoy all the blessings, and I've said it several times already this morning, of the, of the cross and the bloodshed there and the empty tomb and forgiveness and new life and eternal salvation. Like, those are the foundational blessings that no one can ever take away from you unless you give them away by giving up your faith. They're yours. They're solidly yours. That's God's grace to you. And even if you try to give it up, you know what Jesus is going to do? Not going to try to control you, but he will pursue you relentlessly because he loves you. Just as even today, he is relentlessly pursuing people who don't know him yet through the gospel and gospel messengers like you. Here's what I want you to write down. Faith and gratitude are our fuel. They come together to produce praise for God and wellness for us. Take a look at 17 and 18. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, and he says a surprising thing. Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Not, I have made you well, even though it was true that he had made them well. And even though it sounds like the other nine stayed healed, even without their faith. But to this man, Jesus says, your faith was this amazing conduit. And in that sense, kind of an instrument that Jesus used to make you well. I think that's so amazing to think that Jesus is actually promising us as people of faith that if we want to be well, that one of the best ways to be well is to be people of faith. When I had the call here to Amazing Love, I lost count of how many times in my conversations with Pastor Dustin, and maybe he said this to you too, I don't know, but he said it to me, I, I want to say dozens of times, but it was a lot. I, didn't, I, I lost count, as I said. He said, Jeff, I just want you and Julie, if you come here, to be well. 
over and over again. I want you to be well. Has Pastor Justin ever said that to you guys? I hope he has, because it's such an awesome wish for you. And I appreciate it because as I've come here, let me just tell you guys honest, this Thanksgiving, one of the, most thing, one of the things I'm most grateful for, for is you. Because you have been the fulfillment of Pastor Dustin's prayer, as has he and his family. But also you, you have been the fulfillment of we want you to be well. You've been so gracious and open and welcoming to Julie and me. It's been, I mean, shocking in a very good way how warmly we've been welcomed here. And we are grateful to you for that. We are truly grateful to you for that. Jesus is saying the same thing to this leper. I want you to be well. And through faith in Jesus Christ, you can and will be well. So cling to that faith in Jesus. Hang on to Jesus' legs like you can picture this man doing and look up to him and say, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. Thank you for blessing me. You are the source of all good things in my life. And as long as I have you in my life, I will be well. You all know the song, right? It is well with my soul. And the reason why the author of that hymn could write those words was not that circumstances were great. Not at all but that he had his arms around Jesus and was looking to him for his blessings and he could say, it is well with my soul. Faith and gratitude come together to produce praise for God and wellness for us. So, last thing. How are we going to respond this Thanksgiving? Here's my challenge. I challenged the youth last night to this same thing. If you happen to have some youth who were here last night, uh, watch out because this will be maybe coming at you, but then you can return it back to them. I said, remember the story that we started with? Not a story about fall colors or sunsets or beaches in Gary, Indiana. A story about one young man running out to the street to give a hug. And in that moment, he gave this elderly woman, now a widow, a moment of gratitude. Would you be willing to accept the challenge to give others sometime this week? And, and if you want to, you know, extend it beyond this week, who am I to stop you? But especially this week, the week of Thanksgiving, to create moments of gratitude in the hearts and minds of other people just by a simple act doesn't have to be anything great or grandiose, but if you want it to be, make it great and grandiose. I'm not here to stop you, but it could just be a small thing like a hug to someone you love, a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, a child, a grandchild, a grandma, a grandpa, a neighbor, a friend, to plot and plan and scheme this week in Thanksgiving week. How can I give this person I love a moment
to reflect on Jesus Christ and God and his blessings. A moment of gratitude, even if it's just a little bit of a hug. That's the challenge I send you home with this week. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, you challenge us every day by the level of your grace and your blessings. Just to hold out our arms and receive them. We need your Holy Spirit to do that, Lord. We can't even do that in our own power. And so, Lord, we seek you and we ask you today to help us to receive your many, many blessings and, and to guide us, Lord, to take what you've given us and share it with others so that they too can experience moments of great blessing. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.